to the very first edition of the Blaze on Hoops, an all-female basketball podcast. Uh, today, we are actually on our 65th platform worldwide, including iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. So you guys, make sure you guys check us out to check out uh, some previous podcasts as well as this one. <laughs> I'm your host, Veronica Harris. With me today, I have Tiana Rose, a sports enthusiast with a passion for Toronto sports and everything basketball. As well, Amanda Lee Coffey, who is a photographer, former athlete, and pop culture savant. I just learned that word today, guys. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Uh, I, myself, was very fancy saying that. Um, Amanda is a basketball lover, making Space Jam references since 1996. So welcome to the team, Amanda. Ladies, let's start with the hometown Raptors. Kawhi Leonard, he's here, and it looks like he's going to stay. I mean, I wasn't sure... He was going to say, I thought he would do a quick turnaround and head back uh, down to San Antonio. Well, not San Antonio. I know unless she didn't like it, but to another team. Uh, in game one versus Utah, Toronto Raptors had won 122 to 104. And Kawhi put up some pretty numbers. He played 15 minutes, had 14 points and two assists. Now, last night in game two, he put up 17 points and five rebounds. Uh, mind you, the Raptors did lose by 15. But ladies, we'll start with you, Amanda. What do you think Kawhi will do while he's here in Toronto? And do you think that he will become the leader that Toronto needs? Um, <laughs> it's a pretty big question, Veronica. Um, I honestly like I thought I feel like I thought about the same way that you did. I didn't know if he was gonna stay. Um, I think he could be a huge, huge key piece. In all honesty, right now the thing that keeps coming up for me is that like there's going to be a lot of shifts, uh, I think, with the lineup in the moment, and we're seeing that from game one to game two already, um, but not necessarily being on the same page as the rest of the Raptors. That's kind of, like, what keeps coming up for me, um, and, I like, I don't have an answer. Like, I don't know what he's going to be capable of a lot um, in terms of sort of being a leader. I don't know if Toronto's the team he's going to lead, if that makes sense. What? Okay, okay. Gina, what do you think? Um, in regards to leadership capabilities, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, we, we know what he can do that size, um, but as well as being vocal uh, in the same sense, in the same regard as how Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were last season or for the past six seasons was a cold-legged squad together. I don't see Kawhi being a leader. I see him more being a goal scorer, uh, a role player, and a role player, but to the end degree of how well he puts up his numbers. Uh, and yesterday, last night's game, he scored 12 points in 19 minutes. So we know, we know he's a scorer. We know we create uh, great shot opportunities for him. He will deliver and in those last-minute game settings. But we know in the regular season, he'll definitely will show up. Uh, but in the sense of being a leader, I feel like it's still going to fall on Kyle Lowry. Uh, but last night, you could, you could kind of see that Kyle Lowry took a secondary approach to kind of being more um, kind of helping to create the offense and not creating it because the fact that we signed Danny Green, we're, we're kind of forgetting the fact that he's a great point guard. I remember watching him in UNC back in like when I was in grade eight, and I remember how effective he was on the floor. So um, sharing that position, I feel like Kyle Lowry knows that he's going to have to start having to share that position. Um, amongst Danny Green, amongst uh, Van Vliet. And in perspective to the rotation, it kind of looked like we had two separate squads on the floor. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of coming that, 
Yeah, so I feel like it's, we need to get to that point of coercivity, uh, but it's going to take time. But then again, we're in the Eastern Conference. We have, I said last night to my little brother, I'm like, we have to look at these like team. We're in the Eastern Conference. We have to April. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the boys kind of get it together and how the milk nurse is going to be able to get everyone to collaborate effectively and actually um, change the narrative of last year's Raptors to this year's Raptors to get into more the Eastern Conference final. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, me, myself, watching the games on Saturday and last night, I mean, Lowry, he was, he was still, I don't know if you guys um, paid attention to um, on the commercial base what Lowry was saying, but I mean, like, he was getting his feathers in a, in a bunch. And I know that's, that's yeah. Lowry, right? But I only see him he's putting up seven points in last night and then two, five in, in Saturday. So, do you think that without Demar that Kyle is able to be that leader? Or does he need that buddy to kind of egg him on and, and give him that confidence? I feel like I've said this for years, but, like, Kyle's not my guy. Like, I, I love Kyle. Like, I love I love Kyle. I love Kyle. He's just not my guy. Um, I think he required Demar in order to have the confidence to be a co-leader. That's what I'm going to call him, not a leader. And, and I don't see him having the confidence to stand beside a player of the caliber of Kawhi Leonard and say, "Yo, I'm going to show you how we're going to run things around." I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see it. I think that, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I think okay. that we have to recognize. Sorry, my bad. I no, feel like we have to really illustrate the narrative here. These, there's two. We, we witnessed a breakup this season. Like yeah. a, a marriage, like a marriage. <laughs> right. And it, was, it was a divorce, really. It was a divorce, exactly. And so we're the children, and we're all really we're wondering what's going to happen. Exactly. And so essentially, it's like when it's two people break apart after buying a house together, getting a mortgage, RSTs, and all that great couple right. You gotta like, find your guys. Do you think? Do you think you're ever gonna be sitting at a Toronto Raptors game this season, and you're gonna see the the jumbotron play like a clip of like Kyle and like, Kawhi like holding hands? Yeah. You know, you know, those like little videos. No, that's never gonna happen because it's that's just not it's just not the way it's gonna be. I I, I read like even if you go back to like training kids in DC a couple weeks ago when Kyle I was getting interviewed. Literally, I wrote this down. Four times in one interview, Kyle used the quote, I think we're going to get on the same page. I think. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? So that's for me. Yeah. And, and that, that was a couple weeks ago, and that's still what I'm seeing now. I don't. And if that if he's supposed to be the leader, and he doesn't even know if they're going to be on the same, I don't, you know, I, it's just kind of where I sit with it. I'm not sure. I always wanted someone else. But even when we had Kyle and Damar, I still felt like we need someone else. So. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll sit on this and we'll um we'll pass the preseason and see if anyone steps up to the plate. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Serge Ibaka. I don't know. Um, but let's get three languages. Let's get him. That was intended to be a joke. I'm, I'm glad you guys got that. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the Boston Celtics and the rest of the Eastern Conference. Conference final or a conference, sorry. Um, with healthy Gordon Hayward, healthy Uncle Drew, aka Kyrie Irving, the Celtics are looking like the top contenders in the East because I mean, who are we kidding? LeBron, he's gone, and to be honest, I don't think he's going to make it over 50. 
Um, so who do you think are the Raptors' worst nightmare? Because the only team to knock the Raps off last season were the Cavs. So, Tiana, let's take it off with you and hear what you think, um, how the Eastern Conference is going to go. Uh, well, as you said, Boston. Like, what we're going to remember is, like, the, there's the hunger in Boston um, to, to see, like, how far, how deep they went in the playoffs with Isaiah Thomas, and then the following season, all the, how injury-ridden they were. Gordon and Gordon Hayward is now a chip on his shoulder. Kyrie has a chip on his shoulder. Like, they have their squad is now ready to take the Atlantic and to take the Eastern Conference. The depth that they have, paramount. The fact that they're co- cohesive, and, and that's something that the Raptors lack, as per the previous segment. Um, I definitely see Boston also the 76ers being a huge contender. Um, I think also with Milwaukee, as Ante Kumpo, with him developing himself more as a player, uh, getting stronger, they've added a little bit of depth to their squad, the song maker. Um, I think there's, there, there's going to be more of a grittiness to the Eastern Conference. Um, in the sense of that whole underdog situation. And, and that's the thing, we all love an underdog story. Uh, right. But I definitely, I definitely see Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly being are the most amount of difficulty. Are difficulty towards the Raptors, but also the, the, the squads that are most likely maybe the most prominent toward the first four spots at the top of the Eastern Conference. Okay, okay, and what do you think? I, I don't have, like, I mean, Celtics. <laughs> Celtics all day long and actually I I, I gotta I feel like I'm outing myself as a secret like I love my raps but I love I you love, love rappers but do you I really think that rappers could pull it off uh I don't know I, like I I have to say I agree with what you're trying to say like the, the Eastern Conference this year looks it's it's full of a bunch of spicy underdogs and I think a whole lot could happen our Achilles heel is always Cleveland with LeBron. It just kind of opens things up. Um, I, I, I think I don't want to make any like definitive predictions. I think based on our last segment, we feel like we lack cohesion, and that's gonna stop us because she's not like. I feel like she's not. We're not wrong. Um, we have a whole conference of of people who are very very hungry, and the Celtics right now to me look look really sharp. So they will be our. What was the question? Our, our nightmare in the East? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll see that a little bit later uh, in the season. Now we're gonna switch over. Um, still in the East, but we're gonna switch over. J.R. Smith. He has said he has zero respect for Boogie Cousins heading over to the Warriors. Uh, what are your thoughts on super teams? And should the league put some sort of rule to stop this from happening? Because I mean, we all know LeBron started when he went down to Miami. Uh, basically, <laughs> I, I forget what what uh, what Steph and the boys called it when they basically in like bought Durant. Um, they were up in I think Massachusetts or something like that. Um, but what do you guys think about super teams and can we stop it from happening or has it been happening all along and we just haven't realized it? I feel well, like it's <laughs> Do we care about J.R. Smith? Like, do we, does anyone care what J.R. Smith thinks? Well, J.R. Smith spelled the fine every game for his Supreme tattoo, so I don't right. know how much J.R. can really carry. In, in, like, do you, know, you, you have J.R. when he couldn't remember what the score was during a playoff game. Yeah, like, like, I don't care what he really thinks have. about, yeah, I don't care what he thinks about Boogie going wherever. That being so, I mean, you have respect for him for for Boogie though. So let's get Darren in a in a conversation. Okay, okay. 
I don't have a lot of like. I'm glad you brought up LeBron. I think LeBron is he's the original user and abuser of a of mm, an right. NBA system um, that exists. So it's like I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Like this system exists because. You know what's going to change it? A hard cap and no max salaries. Will that ever happen in this league? No. Because right. luxury taxes are the way that teams get around this, and that's what it's going to go. The NBA Players Association themselves don't want the hard cap. They don't want the max salaries. They're the ones that are a, a huge portion of why this isn't happening what's happening. So I feel like I personally, if you're asking me, I don't have a lot of respect for ring chasers. I have a lot of respect for 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 players who build teams and who stick around, I don't know. That, that's okay. Tina, what do you think? I hear what you're saying. Like, I feel the same way with the ring chaser situation, but we're in this whole microwavable society in the sense now everyone mm. wants things fast and super quick. Uh, in regards to J.R. Smith, um, you know what? J.R. shirt, no shirt wearing J.R. Smith can have his opinion. You know, <laughs> he has a ring. He has a ring, and you know he sure. can have a team. That's fine and dandy. But Demarcus Cousins has a Kentucky Wildcat. And I remember when it was him and John Wall back in 2008, and like they wasn't with Sean So I still I have a little bit of a connection to Z Cuz, and I've seen like how what it what's happened with him throughout the league. He's kind of come up as the bully. So it's kind of like he saw KD do well, and he's like, you know, I want a piece of that. And you can't wrong someone. Yes, he took a huge pay cut with a $5.3 million deal um, for the one year. But at the same time, it's like this is a dream that people have had since they were kids to win a ring. That's kind of like yeah. the whole premise of the NBA is to win a ring. And as much but as for true. us, yeah. as the consumer, it's like it's boring. So it's like, why don't we just keep building super teams? But – then again, the NBA is going to have to realize that, and they may have to alter the format, whereas it's not just East versus West. Maybe they're going to have to switch. Same with the NHL. These move teams from the East to West all the time. So it could be that they move to different teams from East to West, or they kind of follow the NCAA situation where it's 16, top 16 teams within the league. Um, right. But they're going to right. – the Super League thing is, not, is, is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So – they're going to have to alter it to, to continue to appease the consumer and to figure out how to keep us entertained while not having a whole bunch of bottom zero squads and then a whole bunch of – basically, the NBA re- resembles the economy. You have the living poor growing, and well, you have a little at the top, four really good teams that are, like, are contenders <laughs> toward getting the chip. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Let's talk LeBron James and his adopted children. I eat the Um so they lost the they lost to Denver Nuggets on Sunday, one twenty four to one oh seven. Uh although LeBron he did look glowing in his yellow jersey, I will have to admit. Um, but, but, you know, he's he's one on me, Uh but they also lost their second game of the preseason. I mean by this time only by two points, but they still lost. And I understand, you know, the people out there, preseason doesn't matter, it doesn't count. And I personally, I'm not worried about this two-game loss. Um, I am, I know, Le- I feel like I know LeBron. I feel like he likes, again, I said this last year in the playoffs, he likes to play the puppeteer. Um, and we're the, we're just the puppet, and he plays us. Like, 100% LeBron plays us. So in his mind, 
he already knows what's going to happen 10 games from now. Um, but what I'm more worried about, or not I'm more worried about, what I'm more excited about is JaVal McGee. I'm not sure if you guys watched the two Laker yeah. games, but he, in his 10th season, he is finally playing basketball. And I'm going to give a shout out to Shaq. I'm sorry, Shaq, but you got to retire him from Shaq in the school because he's actually playing ball. And what do, you, what do you ladies think, we'll start with you, Amanda, what do you think has lit the fire under his, his touch, I guess you could say, and what are your predictions for the Lakers in their first year? I got so in regards to, like, I guess McGee, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of a ton of thoughts about him personally, but I, I feel as though just, I mean, 11-year vet looking at having someone like LeBron come in, I think, like, would that not ignite anyone's fire a little bit? Like, I, I but feel he's like... Played with Steph, but he's played with Steph for a while, and I know Steph and LeBron, they're different, but, I mean, yeah. Steph's the best point shooter ever, in my opinion, so... Fair, yeah, fair. I, I don't know, I don't know. Just, like, I, don't, I guess, for me, like, not too many thoughts on, on Mickey in particular, kind of thinking about the whole season. I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't put anything possible on being, I guess, steps ahead of us. I wonder what's going to happen with a team that has, like, I love that you're calling him his adopted children, because they are, they're, <laughs> They're, they're all like one, right? Players are second season guys. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, you, you see what's written in the news and stuff. So like, if we have that, they're they're not ones that are necessarily terribly reliable or haven't been. And then here you're asking a question about Sean McGee, which I'm unprepared for. However, mm-hmm. um, I I still I, I I literally like I was like I wrote down like notes for myself before I do this. And like, I I feel like we're gonna see them be um like a middle to middle of the pack kind of team but I feel like the same thing is going to happen it's like I'm going to close my eyes I'm going to wake up one day and all of a sudden the Lakers are going to look like I have no idea what's happening and they're going to take us right through the playoffs because I don't they're think they're going to be kind of them. yeah you know what I mean right I'm a LeBron hater so I'm trying to be really kind right now but, uh, <laughs> I want to but I'm but until you open the iconic school, I'm like, okay, I um, I'm a little bit off. You guys can stay tuned for the article I'm gonna write because I'm writing all about him. Like he's the world's greatest humanitarian, but he might not be one. Awesome! So, I'm excited to read that. Everyone listening, make sure you check that out. Tiana, what do you think? Burner. Uh, yeah, look, in regards to JaVale McGee, like, as you said, like, the fact that in 19, 19 minutes that he played last night, he did score 15 points. Um, in his 11th, 11th season, as you said, it's, uh, he's now a sixth NBA team. I think JaVale, the fact that he won a ring in Golden State, it's kind of added to his swag, added to his suave, to his cockiness. Listen, if I won a ring, if I got a raise for $50,000, I'd be walking a little different, dressing a little different. So I think his headspace has definitely changed. And then with the addition of LeBron coming through, um, when you think of LeBron, you think of wins. They, they go, LeBron and wins go hand in hand. Um, right. And as you said, with his adopted children, yeah, you know what? And he's the best part. Rayshon Rondo said that he commended LeBron's ability to be a leader. And that's, that's Rayshon Rondo. This is the miserable Rajon Rondo that the media has created a narrative to display as to who he is as an individual. the saddest pictures of Rondo. Like, he can't. Exactly. So, 
do I see them getting past 50 games? Absolutely. But then again, we have to recognize that the West is a lot deeper than what we like to assume. Let's not forget there's still Houston. Let's not forget we'll be no one's forgotten. There's Golden State. Let's not forget. And you know what? I know Utah's kind of a sleeper team for me, but Utah is like my Phoenix. You know, those are my babies. So I'm always going to protect them. Well, I'm in the same caliber exactly. But at the same time, like, it's, a, it's definitely a harder season playing in the Western Conference. Um, and to see how these guys are going to gel together, uh, we also saw so LeBron score 13 last night. Uh, Rajon put up 11. Uh, Lance Stevenson put up 8. So just to see how these guys are going to work together and collaborate toward getting to that goal because the, nothing – Anything less of a win for LeBron is a loss. It's for Talladega Knights. Best quote ever. <laughs> to last. Right? And I exactly. think that's the headspace that the, that the Los Angeles Lakers are currently going to be in. And with LeBron at the helm with Magic um, in the front office and as um, Luke Walton reading the snod, it'll be really cool to see how they come together. And what, what we see LeBron and the Lakers do, because I don't foresee anything negative coming from this bunch, it'll be kind of what the what we as Torontonians or, or as Raptors fans, for example, would say, and I'm trying to be objective here, it's kind of the same situation that we would want. Someone comes in, there's a leader, front office is all on board, and everyone's working to hope toward the uh, cohesive goal, right? But yeah, no, I don't expect anything less, anything less from LeBron and the Lakers. Uh, at this point, and as yes, we understand it is preseason, but we know what these guys can produce, and we have, yes, we do have a bunch of misfits that can produce. So getting the misfits together with one, you know, one person at the home, I think they can definitely drive the bus and take it to the playoffs. Right, and seed. And I personally, I personally think after Giannis and Kimbo, after she is this year's MVP, I think Brandon Ingram could then be the year after. I mean, he just needs to bulk up a little bit and. He's he's got that Giannis stature and and the LeBron as well, especially playing with him. So I think Brandon will Brandon Ingram will definitely be at that level soon. Ladies, we are going to finish off with something that has been all over my Instagram, all over my Facebook, all over my Twitter, um, billboards, street signs everywhere. Kobe and Matt Barnes, the flinch. Is Kobe a hero or is he just a regular basketball player? Was the ball really that close to his face? Amanda, what do you think, girl? Tell me, because I'm losing my mind over here. Okay, so I've watched it 100,000 times. <laughs> yeah. And, like, okay, do you want to know? Like, I write notes because I'm a nerd, so you guys don't even want to see my brainstorm sheet before I sit down and do this. But you organize. I'm skewed to organize, and also I tend to swear a lot when I'm talking, so I have to write down the non-swear version so I don't swear on the radio. <laughs> you'll get mad at me, and you already told me not to do it. So, right? Okay. So my thing was, like, I watch it, and I'm like, the fact that this is a question and this blew up on Twitter in the way that it did is was like my first concern for the world. But secondly to that, uh, like, Broden flinch, man. And like, I, I think I wrote down the words like anybody else in the world, myself included. I, I think several players. If if Matt Barnes put a ball in my face like that, like I would have ducked and covered like I was on the bloody Western Front in World War One. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Like there would have been some sort of reaction, and that ball went right in his face. And he, he's just he he cucumbered it. Like he just he was so cool. And he, I mean, he says to people, "I was already swaying." Um, he did it. I didn't balk. And like, yeah, he didn't balk. And to me, like, yes, 
Kobe is superhuman? The answer to that question is always. I, I still agree with Tana. Talk to me. Well, as I'm reviewing the play as of right now. <laughs> you get the overhead. Apparently, you have to watch the overhead version because that's different than the front-on version. But Every angle. Every angle. Every angle. Every angle. It's, it's great. You know why? Because we're acknowledging how, how iconic Kobe is uh, to the NBA and to basketball regardless. And, yeah, you can see he's swaying a bit, but regardless, like, you, there's nothing you can take away from Kobe Bryant. Like, like this conversation is cute, and <laughs> you can see that it's breaking news and all that good stuff. It's preseason, so we're not, there's not much to chat about just about yet, but it's Kobe Bryant. He retired on the best day of the year, April 13th, which is also happens to be my birthday. Um, okay. so, so it's just, like, it's funny. Does it change how I feel about how iconic Kobe is as a player? Absolutely not. But if Matt Barnes get a little bit more clout, yeah, you know, we'll give him a little more clout. He kind of needs it right now with his uh, current divorce battle. Um, <laughs> right. Right. That's a different um, story. Well, that's a completely different story for a different time. But, yeah, no. It, it, <laughs> it's, 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 I feel like even Matt, like, even Matt Barnes, I watched an interview, like, on Bleacher Report today, and he, like, he quote, unquote, himself, he's like, as far as, this would be like this, as far as I know, that SHIT story, Joe, went in his face and he didn't flinch, I thought it was a dead story. Like, Matt Barnes doesn't even want the clout that apparently people are trying to give him on Twitter for this. Right? Journey. Like, it's right. just kind of like, okay, like, Matt Barnes knows who Kobe is. Why does everybody else have to I, push it? I feel like Kobe instigated this because now that he's retired, he's like, how do I still stay in the NBA? This is this is fair. Kobe has been. <laughs> but to be fair, he, someone posted that picture of him with like a dad belly, and he was like, "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute." Yeah, I gotta get. I gotta get that. Yeah, and get I that off. That. But, no, I, Kobe Bryant is is and will always be one of the most athletic players to ever bring summer to like, hands down. And and no no ball face flinch video from any angle at what we've been To me, it was almost like weird that, that the question like he's just he's just who he is like that ball flinch or no ball flinch. It's Kobe, and Kobe yeah. has his downfalls too. Like he, that's you know that's just what he was. But yeah, high flying athleticism and cool man. Kobe's just cool. He is so like, cool. So cool. I don't know about you, but every time I roll up a piece of paper and 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 throw it into the garbage can like I yell Kobe before I Yo, I did it today at work. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, there's a reason why. No one's ever going to stop doing that because it's cool, man. That's just cool. All right. Yeah, I know. All right, guys. <laughs> just, real quick, I just got some um, some breaking news. Jimmy Butler is uh, close to confirm the trade with Miami. I mean, as of tonight, we're not sure. It's not done yet. Um, hopefully, Miami takes them because I personally, I, I feel bad for the guy. I feel nobody wants him. Uh, the Timberwolves turned him away. Some other teams turned him away. So, Jimmy Butler, good luck. We will um, we'll let you guys know the progress next week. And, yeah, there you have it, guys. The very first edition of the Blaze on Hoops, an all-female basketball podcast with myself, Veronica Harris. Sienna Rose and Amanda Coffee. Make sure you guys check us next week for the second edition and all brand new topics. Thank you so much, ladies, and guys, we'll talk to you later. Thank, Thank you. Bye.